Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Hall. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score, the home for Bears fans. Yeah, what up, Detroit? Here is a pitch to the near side. And running left is Fields. Down to the 30 and tracked down by his right leg. Fields stepping up, though. Runs up the middle of the 35 to the 40. 45 to the 50. Fields running away from the Lions at the 30, the 20, the 15. Down inside the 10. Justin Fields all the way down to the 7 or 8-yard line. Thought he got there again. Thought he had another biggie. He did. This one, 61 yards for Justin Fields. No, he didn't. On the toss to the near side, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10. Cut inside the 5. To the end zone and a touchdown. Swift at the touchdown run. Looking to throw left side. Caught by the tight end at the five. He is in for the touchdown. Number two today. Swift inside the 20 to the 15, 10 end zone. Nobody touched him for the touchdown. It's a final here in Detroit. The Detroit Lions 41 and the Bears 10. Start your mornings with Mully and Hawk, 5.30 till 10 a.m. Happy Bears Monday. Bears on 670 The Score. Well, happy New Year to all y'all. <laughs> Let's go. Mully and Hawk, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Happy New Year, one and all. What a great 2023. It's off to a rocket start. Oh, no way. Morning, Molly. Happy New Year. Oh, yesterday. David. Monday morning. That yeah, yesterday. Rough. If your New Year's resolution was not to let the Bears trigger you, you were really tested yeah, right away. Were. Oh, man. Right away. People were angry. Yeah, I understand the, that. In the postgame? I understand the post that. In the postgame yesterday? I, I mean, here's the difference. They got blown out. Well. They got blown out, my friend. You're right. There wasn't a competitive loss, but I think that even beyond that, and we'll continue to talk about that, the biggest difference to me was this was not just bad execution. This was awful effort. Yeah, this was the just... first time you could really point to or look at the Bears and getting their doors blown off yeah. and, and feel like you were watching them not invested emotionally with that, that intensity that was something that they had been playing with throughout this long losing streak, nine games and counting. That effort was hit, but – you take those letters and use them differently. You could use them differently, and you could, or you could yeah. just keep them at hits and, and substitute incompetence for intensity. Um, or you could say sift, 
whatever you want to do. That's some Star Wars. Acronyms in play, but that was a disaster. However you want to spell it, whatever you were watching, you knew what you saw. That was a bad football team, the worst in the NFC, living down, playing down uh, to expectations. And boy, that was hard to watch. It it was embarrassing. I mean, it really was. The, 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 you know, witnessing the loss of confidence of a team that, that was slapped together and, you know, frankly, um, you could you could just have a street tryout, and I'm not saying you'd get a better team, but you might get uh, for some guys it would not be like a noticeable difference. Oh, uh, you got edge of the roster sure, guys. You're having sure. tryout time. You got you got some guys that don't belong in the NFL. Frankly, playing for the Bears, and and I think that when you lose that emotional edge, when you lose that everything, concentration, uh, passion, all, all the things that make football such a great sport. When you lose that and you witness that, and, and you, there's really nothing to lean on. There's nothing to go back to. So people, this is the first time where not only were they awful, but the quarterback wasn't – I mean, he had a great first quarter he running the ball. He had highlights. He had 130 yards rushing. Yes, in the first quarter running the ball. Uh, his first four carries were what, 105 yards? Highlight reel stuff. Highlight reel. Yeah. That that highlight well, reel ended, well, and there was nothing there. Nothing. And you you know you got a receiver having a fit on the sidelines. You got it's just all the things Ugly that you loss. thought were good about the Bears kind of came apart at the seams. What underscored the idea that you need more than one guy, and this is why all season long. The celebration about the emergence of Justin Fields has been terrific because you need a quarterback. But yesterday reminded everybody about you need so much more, and they don't have it. And when you look at that game specifically, this sounds odd to say, but what you described was basically the Bears' defensive depth chart, guys off the streets, backups replacing backups. And they did give up 504 yards, the most they had, I think, since the Tressman disaster in Philadelphia at the end of the 2013 season. But Mully, a defense that gives up 504 yards to me was not as disappointing as an offense that could not score against the most one of the most generous defenses in terms of scoring in the NFL. And they also gave up seven sacks. What the Lions right. needed was to face the Bears offense. And the offense to me was more disappointing than that defense because we have learned to expect nothing from that defense. Well, and I think that the problem, yeah, the defense has been bad all year, and I don't, I don't think we – they got a sack. I mean, that was a shocker. They, they, Dominic Robinson had a sack. They got another one late, too. They now Justin have, Jones had a sack, I believe. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So now the defensive line went from eight and a half to ten and a half. Wow, have a party. No longer – yeah, no yeah. longer a big issue, right? Defensive line fixed. Um, no, it, it, was, uh, it was an embarrassment in, in every aspect of it, frankly. All three – elements of the game there was nothing that you could say well the bears were significantly better here they got a they got a kick return at one point right so they had one kick return and the only thing i was thinking is why aren't they returning every kick just to get the guy some work this is a preseason game it's you know disguised as an nfl game the other element that really disappointed me david is that this was a game that was playoff atmosphere Playoff consequence for the the well, other team, the, right? Not these guys, but the, the, Lions, the bad guys. They're going places. So my question is, when you don't respond to that, how are you going to win a game like that? You, they fell apart fairly quickly. 
uh, they started okay. They actually led uh, ten to seven, right? And then they lost. What was it? Forty-one to ten. Yeah, they had they had a lead ever so briefly at the end of the first quarter, ten to seven, and then they did not score again and gave up thirty-four unanswered. So, what you're talking about is the Lions arrived on Sunday, understanding the stakes. They needed to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. Dan Campbell had his team reaching a level of intensity that was necessary and required for the moment. The Bears unable to meet and match the moment and meet that intensity level. That, to me, is inexcusable when you have a coach who preaches the hits principle. When you have a team that is playing for nothing but pride, you have to be able to do one thing. Your identity is wrapped up so far, 16 games in, into your ability to compete. Yesterday, they failed to compete, and that is the hardest thing to understand and accept. And we'll get into it, but like it was a, a showcase of awful for different players, including Braxton Jones. And you see that happen? I got to tell you, that's got to impact the way you look at what the priorities are for next year. <laughs> and, and I mean, he had no help. I, I'm not laughing. He I'm had only, no I'm, help. I'm the the guards were out and all that stuff. But because goodness gracious. There was one play where I think. You know, Braxton Jones contributed to a sack more than the Bears' defensive ends did yesterday. He was driven. (laughs) He he was so pancaked by a pass rusher that he actually fell on the quarterback. I mean, it was – that was – that's how – first of all, that's how quarterbacks get hurt, which is really worrisome when a guy of that size rolls on their legs – but the way they'd keep – David, that was that was disgraceful. Well, it was also a reminder, again, when he uh, announced preseason that he wasn't good yes. against bull rushes. And Matt Eberflus talked about the Confirmed scouting it. report yes. uh, on Braxton Jones. And then you see it with your own eyes oh. in the first day of 2023. Oh, yeah. Okay, is this a guy oh. you're going to build around? Maybe. And Tom Thayer, well, you're going to talk to him at 7 o'clock. Yeah. He has said that Braxton Jones, last week he said – has the ability to be great. And I think that maybe that still is in play, but he needs an offseason in the weight room. He needs to he, bulk up and get better and get you, stronger. Can you can you do that in one offseason? I mean, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I think he needs two two years well, in a weight I, room. I, I, I'm not being mean. No, I mean, I, I, the, the season thing. ends, he's got to be exhausted, the rookie wall. He needs to hit the weight room the next day. If we're talking about greatness, yes. If we're talking about competence, I okay. think he can be a – a serviceable left tackle, and save you some money perhaps. But, Molly, let's be honest about it. You're not looking at any position no. on your offensive depth chart that you don't feel like you can upgrade next oh, offseason, which begins in six days, seven and, days, and, whatever and, the case may be. And I get it. I, I mean, you're going to have free agency, and you're going to have $110 million. Do you realize that, that this is like premium shopping, right? When you're talking about free agency, that's not – Running down to the five and dime, that is that is going out to the five and ten million store. Okay, <laughs> the the amount a player costs on the free agent market is significantly more than than uh, you're going to have to pay in other ways. I'll be very curious to see. I mean, how how many big ticket free agents are they going to bring uh, in, or is this about? And I'm using a Cubs term since you know they stole Theo's thing with the with the rebuild. Uh, this is is this about intelligent spending? Well, they better spend intelligently. You have to start somewhere. But this myth that has been, I think, advanced this season is that the Bears are this magical offseason away from becoming the Lions or closing the gap on the Vikings and, dare I say, the Packers now. 
I think that was exposed yesterday because this is more than just one-off season's work that ahead for Ryan Poles. And by the way, where is your confidence in Ryan Poles to be able to make all the right decisions almost without, you know, w- without a margin for error because yeah. next year – you, you great congratulations Justin Fields is a generational talent he's a special player he's also a guy that's doing it by himself you don't know how are you going to surround him with all that he needs all that a quarterback needs to be successful consistently and that to me is a bigger job than just one off season did you watch much of the college football oh. uh, weekend? Oh, it was man. pretty fantastic. It was it fantastic. Makes you wonder. I, I don't think anyone's waiting to uh, to to uh, draft the Georgia quarterback, but it makes you wonder if uh, C.J. Stroud, <laughs> if a uh, Bryce Young. I mean, it makes you wonder how good these guys are, and uh, it's great. You're going to be able to trade down if that's what you want to do, or would you grab one of them? I don't know that uh, you're going to draft Stetson Bennett. You might no. elect. You might elect him one day. No, hey, yeah, <laughs> he's got a senator. Yeah, exactly, name. he's got a That's senator's right. name. He's either going to be a senator or a country music star. You got to love his coach after the game. Oh, also, God. like, hey, that guy needs Kirby to get Smart. Better. Yeah. The one it, thing about him, Stetson Bennett, was he was sitting. On, he was sitting on the sideline. He didn't seem to be he, riled up. Didn't seem to be. He seemed perfectly calm. I, I took one look at him. I'm like, oh damn, they're going to lose this game. He's had a legendary college football career. Saturday was an epic, classic college football experience. Yes. That was tremendous. Now, to your point, and it's a good one, and it's worth remembering in, through the prism of the Bears, when both those quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, have days like they did on Saturday in bowl games, it does make you think that their last, their, their, their last effort as a college quarterback is something that pro scouts, pro teams needing quarterbacks will look at and point to as evidence is, oh, he's our guy or justifying their pick if they move up to get him. And that's good for the Bears because they likely will pick no lower than second. They still could pick first if the Texans find a way to beat the Colts and the Bears lose as expected against the Vikings. That game, by the way, David, is a pick em. That's how much no one expects the Vikings to actually field their team. That, that, that's interesting, though. Aren't you surprised by that? Because the Vikings, as you, as well, you will see, are still playing – for something that matters, and that's an extra home game potentially in the playoffs. But they're they're also going to have their bye week next week. That that's kind of the thought process. Okay, um, it must be because this is not me. I, I am I not know. setting a line. This is the fine folks in uh, in uh, Lost Wages, Nevada. I, they believe that game's a pick 'em. I'd still take the Viking backups against the Bears backups. Because well, I, I mean, the point is that I think if they win the game, which you know. We are now in losing season, in case anyone's wondering. Yeah. They've lost nine in a row. It's a team record nine in a row. Let's go for 10. I don't think for, you for, shouldn't get just 65 yards, whatever it is Fields needs, and then thanks, to get him out. Take a yeah. seat over here. I, I think you owe him that. We don't want to see in the tent. If he wants to do that, I am beyond you know arguing that tiresome argument because it no longer matters, and yesterday proved why. Yeah, no. If you're picking first, if you're picking second, yeah, you may get some extra capital if you're picking first and picking second. It may change your thought process. We will continue to explore and exhaust those those, those thought processes. Yes. But yes. But Molly, what difference does it make when you have a team as bad as the Bears are with a roster as weak as it is, and it was exposed? It's so thin that it doesn't matter if you're drafting 1st, 2nd, or 11th. You still right. have so much work to do. Oh, th- this is this is a monumental task that is ahead of them. 
and and as you said, listen, I think we're all hopeful, and we all want Ryan Poles to do a great job. I don't know what kind of track record he has. We have not seen him build a football team. We've seen him tear one down, and and um, he's been in Kansas City, so he's seen a team built, and he's got a, a first lieutenant who has been in Philadelphia, and he's seen a team built a couple times. But there's that's one thing, and then there's the building of the team. So here's hoping, but we don't even know where the holes are. You know what happens in a football season? They're everywhere. But I'm saying that they don't even know what the holes aren't, I guess, would be a better mm-hmm. way of putting it. Once you put your team together, then you're going to look and say, oh, you know what, they really need this and they really need that, and wouldn't it be great if they could get some of that? That takes a couple of off seasons. It does. Thirty of these guys are going to be back next year. It's just that was what I was thinking. Is like, oh boy, thirty of these guys are going to be well, back but, next but year. But you know, because you've seen it and covered it, you can do in the NFL what you can't do in many other sports, and that is you can put together a team that is going to be competitive, yeah, an eight to nine win possibility as the high ceiling and compete for a playoff spot in a in a league that is defined by parity, right? But that is not exactly what you want, and that's not where the bar needs to be. If you do anything this offseason, and if you're looking at your roster, and I'm looking forward to talking through this with you, yeah, with, I, I, but, but what you need to do this offseason is that beginning with your hire of team president, whoever that may be, and maybe you're fortunate enough where Kevin Warren is going to fall into your lap, what you need to do is you need to raise the standard well, again at Hallis Hall. Now, you've, you thought you were doing that with Ryan Poles, and Matt Eberflus, but what you can do with the team president is you can establish where the bar is and you can reset it higher than it ever has been because that's what's necessary in every aspect of that operation. And and here's the thing. I totally agree with you, but if you do hire a guy like Kevin Warren, if you're that lucky, and let's hope that he's interviewing them, right? (laughs) It's not not them interviewing him. It's him (laughs) looking at them. Do I want to do this? You're right. And 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 let's let's hope that goes well. And George does well in the interview process. <laughs> I mean, that's the way I look at that hire. And, uh, and it, let's just say that they bring a guy like that in, okay? And let's say they do raise the bar. So Ryan Poles is in sort of the, the, the Ryan Pace stage, right? You're just starting out, and you get your seven years. You got six years more. You know, you, you lose this year, and then you're going to rebuild and rebuild. But does that timetable change if a guy like Kevin Warren comes in? No longer is the guy who hired him, would be a George and Ted, the, the, if, that, if this guy comes in and has the power we think a guy like him deserves, then does that change the timetable uh, for the coach and the GM and their vision of this team? Great question. It is, a, it, it is a question that will, depending on how the Bears answer it, will dictate what to expect over the next couple of years and how quickly to expect success. Yeah. I think what it depends on, generally speaking, moving forward, whether it's Kevin Warren or whoever else, yeah. how loud are the mistakes? How bad are the misses? With Ryan Pace, he swung and missed so badly at the quarterback position that that was forgiven but not forgotten. It was forgiven by his bosses, never forgotten by the fan base. That left a mark. If Ryan Poles has mistakes that are maybe – different in nature and he got the quarterback right but he's he's swinging and missing maybe at a uh, a left tackle or a right tackle whatever the the case may be it's hypothetical right now but it's a something to keep an eye on because yeah. you do wonder is the clock reset for him and everybody else exactly who was relatively new this year Matt Eberflus as well 
how does Matt Eberflus also, by the way, as a coach whose first year is going to be historically bad, yep. can he ever recover from this? I think so. But if I'm him, I'm looking at three and fourteen, and I don't care about who my quarterback is. I'm still looking at three and fourteen forever. I mean, let's say they lose ten in a row. <laughs> then you open next year. Let's say you lose seven in a row. I'm just saying. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how this, how many changes, and what the team looks like, and how he incorporates everyone, and how they feel about the hits principle. I mean, I'm just saying there is a lot here that we're going to be picking apart, but we got to get to the pick six. We're going to pick apart all the stories of the weekend, of the holiday, and uh, and again, a very, very happy new year to all. But uh, we'll have some fun with the pick six, and we'll bring in Dustin, and we'll do that next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. Did the Bears reach a new low with their franchise record ninth straight loss, or was it the season worst 31 point? Differential, Or how about failing to get even 75 yards against the woeful Lions defense in the passing game? Who had a good game for the Bears? Well, I would say Justin Fields had a good quarter running the football. And uh, and I don't know that uh, that there was anything else of value that happened in that game. I mean, I think we could pick apart individual plays and we could talk about uh, uh, different things, that, you know, uh, 
maybe the odd uh, return, but there was nothing of a sustainable nature other than poor play. The offensive line was awful. I know they were injured. They were awful. Uh, the, the, um, the defense, I know they got a couple of sacks. Pathetic. That's just a really bad unit and all the way around. Um, no offense to anyone, but, you know, the reality is, you know, they traded away their best defensive lineman. Their, their best linebacker uh, was traded. Their, uh, their best uh, corner is injured right now, and their best safety is out. So you lose a lot. So I, I – but it's, it, was a, it was a thorough embarrassment uh, beckoning back to the Trestman era. Ooh, the Trestman era. Wow. That was a, a Trestman era loss. That was a Trestman era style loss. Um, I I'm going to say that it was the differential that bothered me the most yesterday. They look like a team that kind of across the board, even the coaching to a certain aspect, quit. Kind of like forget the second half. Like we, we are we are just not going to um, be able to get anything done here. Um, as far as who had a good game, can I say? Trenton Gill, right? He had some booming. He had some booming. Yeah, he had some booming punts. Right, that's a guy that that it should be on the team. You know, averaged almost forty six yards a punt yesterday. That was that was pretty good. I, I mean, it, it's a low. It's it's very hard. And Mole, you're right. I mean, the quarterback had a nice first quarter. The only thing more disappointing than the execution was the effort level, and because of that, and because of the way. They failed to tackle, and that nothing drives me crazier watching a football game than seeing the shoddy tackling and the lack of effort, taking angles and making business decisions on those tackles. And the Bears made a lot of them yesterday. That, to me, was as low of a valley that they have sunken into in the last 10 years since the 2013 game in Philadelphia. That's the last time I can remember being this disgusted by watching the Bears play football. And it was that bad. And it was the Lions. It wasn't the Bills, the Eagles, the Cowboys. This was still the Lions. I know they're 500. Congratulations. They've had a resurgent season. They're still the Lions. And you owe your fan base, you owe your city, you owe yourself to a better effort than the Bears showed up and and provided yesterday at Ford Field. If they're playing for pride, they were badly disappointed. And a pick six in his first game back. The Bears have been outscored 76-23 to over the past weeks, clearly regressing. What happened and how does their pathetic play down the stretch affect your opinion or your enthusiasm about the future of this franchise? Justin Fields' emergence or not? Well, I think it just underscores what we talked about in the first segment. When you find your quarterback, you're, you're giddy. You're, you're happy because in Chicago, you haven't seen a guy like this ever before. And we can read articles and headlines about this is the latest version of the best quarterback ever that the Bears have had. And we can get carried away as people have, fans and media. But I think yesterday showed us, reminded us, whoa, this could take a while. And it reminded me, yeah, this is going to take a while. You're not one-off season away from being a team that's uh, going down to the wire and, and thinking Super Bowl or being a, uh, talking about a deep playoff run. You need more than just a quarterback. You need so much more. You're probably a couple off-seasons away from even having that conversation. And it is disappointing. What's happened in terms of this regression, I don't know if it's just injuries and attrition or if it's lack of focus or a combination of all of the above. But the Bears, any hope of finishing with the arrow pointing straight up, it came into doubt yesterday. They need a strong game, as silly as it sounds. They need a strong game 
against the Vikings to at least be respectable. David said probably six weeks ago, maybe even longer than that, that the Bears were either right there or had the worst defense in the NFL, and I scoffed at that assessment. The Bears have the worst defense in the NFL based on who's available to them right now, and this, the scheme doesn't help. Like, they're not able to, like, ooh, we run this we run this trickery, we run these schemes that regardless of the fact that we've got B and C level players out on the field, we can out scheme them that, that no, you, you can't out scheme them. I've also been all year glass three quarters full on Justin Fields. Now, again, I don't know what's supposed to be happening on offense, but right now at best, the glass is half full. I mean, you've got to be able to get the ball to some receivers. But I don't know what the play – I don't know what play was called. I don't know what the routes were. He was under pressure all day long, sacked seven times. So it's kind of a mixed bag. But right now, I'm not even so sure I'm three-quarters glass full on Justin Fields, and that's disappointing. Well, I, I, you know, I think that's an interesting statement there, Dustin. But the fact of the matter is that the guy, as you say, was completely under siege. That's the worst defense in the league, or one of the worst defense in the league, and they were just, they just knocked the bear silly. They couldn't get any part of their game going, and you know, three and out. I think it was, I think it was, uh, touchdown, field goal, uh, uh, fumble, interception. I mean, like, they, look at what they did. I think they went three and out four times in a row to open the second half. I, they, they have nothing. He's operating without much at all, so I, I can't I can't get on board with the you know fields uh, falling apart and the cup is only half full. I, I think he's had a really good year. I don't know why they wouldn't take him out of the game. They needed to to take him out of the game regardless of what he wants to do for his own protection, and um, you know get him his sixty something yards, whatever he needs, sixty three yards for the record, and then that's call it a day because we've seen enough from him, and, and I think you want to leave with a better feeling. This team isn't good enough to win. They're not good enough to win all over the place, and it doesn't matter. All the scheming in the world isn't going to change it. You know what? My question would be... That's the voice of Tom Thayer. He'll be with us at 7 this morning. Was the Bears' reasoning that experience was a good enough reason to keep QB Justin Fields playing the entire game when he was sacked seven times, the right call? Now that he's been sacked 55 times on the season... Does his wanting to play into the calculus of playing him in the final game of the year? Does experience always outplay injury concern behind a battered O-line? Will he play just to get the 63 yards needed for the rushing record? Yeah, if he wants that, go ahead, let him play, get the 63 yards. He could do it on one run, and then get him the hell out of the game. You know, uh, there's nothing to learn. What experience? Oh, he, uh, you know, the experience makes you better. The experience of getting sandwiched between two guys gets you better. I mean, the guy got his rear end beaten. I'll be surprised. I, you know, I, I, who knows what happens? But you would think if they wanted to, they could, could they could just say, well, he might have to be in concussion protocol. There are a thousand reasons to give the guy a break. Seeing him on the sidelines trying to loosen his hips up while he's staring at his uh, screen without an offensive line to protect them or receivers to go get the ball. What What is this? It's an exercise in futility. He doesn't need experience learning how to hand the ball off. Like, he might be, you know, late in that game, if, he's gonna, if he was to remain out there, which he did, then I need to see some three-step drops. One, two, three, throw the ball. 
Don't throw an interception. One, two, three, throw the ball. I don't need to see him back up and hand it off to a running back. That 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 experience, you he doesn't need any more of that. Now, you love as a competitor and as somebody, people that have played sports, everybody out there has played sports, it's listening. You love the fact that he wants to be there for his teammates, that he wants to everybody to show up this week with a goal in mind. But at some point, you have to protect the player from himself, and that is this week. I don't I, I, I don't care if he wants the 63 yards. You wouldn't play him at I all. I would not play him this week. I'm sorry. I, 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 that might, and I know that I know on the first play of the next season, he could blow out his Achilles, he could tear up his knee, he could mm-hmm. get hit and get a shoulder in. But there's nothing, to, I don't believe there's anything to be gained by playing one snap this week. I would have sat him in the fourth quarter because that game was out of hand and you weren't yep. protecting the quarterback. That's what I would have done yesterday. But I would play him against the Vikings, not because of the record. That might contribute to that. I would I would factor his vote into the equation. He wants to play. He's a leader of this team, and football players play football. And you get better at the sport by playing the sport. So I don't know um, if I would be inclined to say, all right, we're going to take the path of least resistance or take the safest way and not play him. I do think that there's value the experience, yeah, he could get hurt, but I also think that he really had 75 yards passing. He is an unpolished passer at the NFL level. Brian Poles said that himself before the game to Jeff Joniak. There's progress to be made, and I think that there could be things to be gained by finishing with a positive in the passing game as, as a quarterback. Not as a quarterback who's a runner, but as a running quarterback who is able to throw. So I would play him. I would try to protect him. But if it got off the rails, I would be willing to sit him, too. You have to keep an open mind. Yeah, I mean, I think you answered your own question. What did you make of Chase Claypool's fit of peak? What about Justin Fields' reaction to it? You know, that's not going to do anything. That's, that's not helping anybody. That's just you know, spreading everybody apart. Who regrets the Claypool trade more at this point, the team, the player, or the fan base? Clearly the fan base, <laughs> although I, I understand that now. I, I, you can't have happen. What happened yesterday? I know he was only on the field for, I think, 14 snaps. Or it it was a very limited sample size. And he was frustrated. But you can't let that show. You have to have patience, not petulance. You cannot react the way that that Chase Claypool reacted when things didn't go his way. Good for Justin Fields, but that's what he should do. That's what any leader or quarterback should do when you see a teammate react that way. Chase Claypool got out of Dodge as fast as anybody yesterday in the Bears locker room. According to Dan Wiederer, the reporters were walking in, and here comes Chase Claypool making a beeline for the bus. That's not accountability, and he needs to learn that. So I still think he can be a productive player in the passing game next year. You can hit reset in this offseason, but yesterday was a bad look. You know, it's funny, too, because I actually wrote in my notes during the first quarter of the game, the first drive of the game, if I remembered it right, Chase Claypool drew a penalty from the Lions defense, right? They were they were holding him around the waist, grabbed at his shirt, and I thought, okay, like this you can that's a valuable, that's a plus play. You got off defensive holding on you. And like and I thought, okay, this is this is a step in the right direction. He hasn't played, and that was it. And then he dove for one ball later on in the game. No, you can't have that pity party and slamming and bamming. But again, like are are they are the Bears is the Bears offense trying to work him in, or are they making him learn the Bears offense? And these are things that we don't know and that should be asked. Well, he was targeted once 
and it was at the end of the game. The game was already well out of control, and he was targeted one time. I'm not defending him in any way. I really hope he's not that guy, the guy that tears people apart, the guy that makes a show of himself, the guy, the petulant receiver type. We've seen it in the league all over the place. They've invested a lot in him. All said and told, if this ends up being uh, the the first pick in the in the second round, that's a first round pick since there's no uh, uh, Miami pick. So that kind of makes my stomach hurt when I think of it that way. And um, and he can't be that guy, no matter what. Don't be that guy. Well, that's a really interesting question. That's the voice of Brad Biggs. He'll be here 825, Biggs time 825 today with Mully and Hall. What stands out most from the epic Saturday in college football? Well, to me, it was kind of the the uh, Ohio State choke. And, and frankly, you when you are up like that, that's not a Georgia win. Georgia did enough. I get it. But that was that was Ohio State choked the, at the end of that game. When you got a two-touchdown lead and you're heading to the national championship game, finish the job. And uh, instead, they just got nickeled and dimed, and all of a sudden they're giving up a touchdown and there's a two-point conversion, and now they're in a game. And uh, it it was just a pity because they dominated that game all the way up to the point where Georgia probably won the national title. So I still don't know what targeting is in college football. That definitely definitely stood out to me. Um, The Big Ten, again, choking on the biggest stage just across the board. How did Michigan lose? That's crazy. And then, and then, this isn't necessarily, but I left out one of the words in the question. I thought it was amazing that Nick Saban, star players that are clearly going to the NFL next year, played in a, air quote, meaningless college football game that kicked off at 11 o'clock our time, and they played in the game, and both guys were a big reason why Alabama rolled K-State. Good for Nick Saban. God, I loved his explanation for that. What happened on Saturday was a celebration of college football. If you love the sport, then you love that as much as any day that you can remember because of the way both games were exciting, suspenseful, and full of offense. Not a ton of defense being played. What struck me and what I will remember is that if you were in the Eastern time zone, we weren't. But Georgia celebrated just as the clock struck midnight. And what a coincidence to have that game end just at the stroke of midnight. People celebrating Happy New Year, Georgia celebrating the Ohio State choke. And you had Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh. My guy, Jim Harbaugh. I love Harbaugh. But the biggest debate in the Big Ten this morning is which guy blew it more on Saturday because neither guy represented himself very well as a head coach. Neither guy handled those close in-game situations very intelligently. Can I can I quickly say that that might have been the best sports day of the entire year? There, there are all sorts of great sports stories. I woke up in the morning, and I was watching Man United at 6.30 in the morning, and I watched all the football games, and then I went to the Bulls game, and the guy sitting next to me is watching the Ohio State start while the Bulls are playing. And I'm like looking over his shoulder, and my uh, my daughter said, "Do you realize you put your glasses on so you could see it clearer?" As I'm leaning over this guy's shoulder, watching Ohio State, it was phenomenal. You can kiss him goodbye. Touchdown, pick six. 
How much back and forth have you done following the up-and-down Bulls who lost Saturday when DeRozan's baseline shot rimmed out at the buzzer? Is it time to let Zach Levine take those kinds of shots? Well, that's a good question. It's a longer conversation. I wonder if Zach Levine is asking himself the same thing. That was quite a game, and it turns out that DeMar DeRozan was fouled. The NBA reported yesterday that Karis LeVert fouled him. Yeah. Got a little piece of his arm. You can't do that. That's happened twice now this season. The Bulls, I don't know what to think. I just thought after beating the Bucks, they were on this this path that was redirected. And, okay, we're all going to wait for Lonzo Ball together. And things are going to be just fine. But, no, they got to go out and lose to the Cavs on the last day of, of 2022. So, yeah, up and down. This feels like the White Sox all over again. Um, sure does. The White Sox. How about this? How about don't get yourself in a situation where you have to have all these buzzer-beating shots? How about Zach Levine scoring 40-plus the night before and then really having a ugh, performance in the back-to-back? <laughs> yeah. So, but to answer the – yes, I do think you know Zach Levine is the future of this team. DeRozan is not the future of this team. But then we get into, like, the Bears. Like, is the goal to win the game or is the goal to get – Zach Levine to that next level. If you've committed $250 million to a guy, he shouldn't need to be learning how to take buzzer-beater shots. How about don't put your team in a position to need a buzzer-beating shot? Yeah, that's fair. I, I, You know, the Bulls were so sluggish in that game. It was really – there was no energy, and the energy came really off the bench. I thought Io had a good game, but I thought that when uh, when Caruso came off the bench, there were – there were just the energy in the building changed with Javante Green really starting to take over a little bit. Um, you get to the end of the game, that's that is DeMar DeRozan time, man. I mean, the problem with that shot is that it would they had like five seconds, they needed to get the ball closer to the basket. That was more of an outside shot than the mid range that he is so adept at, and I, I really felt like he was just shooting from too far away. And Billy Billy said that that the the plan was to get him closer to the basket. He was right? surprised. He was surprised yeah. how far away Not from good. the basket was. And, <laughs> and and it wasn't a you know, he got a look at it. It wasn't a great I if he was a, a foot or two in, I would have loved the, the odds. It was just a it was just a downer because they got in a point they're down a point. Here you go. It's my nephew's first Bulls game. The guy's going out of his mind Hit that shot for him, like he did a year ago on New on New Year's Eve. That's right. That, how about it? That <laughs> that. Uh, but I don't. I'm not getting rid of Demar. All right, we've got the uh, the extra point next. It's Mully and Haunt, Chicago Sports Radio six seven. The score. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on six seventy. The score. If you're Kevin Warren, does having two Big Ten teams eliminated from the college football playoff Saturday have any impact on your possible timetable and taking the Bears president job? How did Warren get through the holiday weekend with Michigan and Ohio State playing without having to comment on the Bears? That's what I want to know. Boy, very quiet uh, wherever he was watching these games. Two teams eliminated. Don't think it has any effect on the decision-making process or the timing of the Bears move. I'm not even sure when the Bears are planning to make this decision official. if it, I, I can't imagine anybody being more qualified than Kevin Warren. I wrote about this at 670score.com coming out of the game. I think this is an opportunity. But the Bears, to me, need Kevin Warren more than Kevin Warren needs the Bears. And that will be interesting to see how this all unfolds and the reasons why whenever he does address it, if he does address it thoroughly to the extent that we want to know these things, 
But to me, this is the beginning of a process that is very important in an offseason that is very significant. I can't remember the last time the Bears have entered an offseason as important as this one. Well, I think that's very well said, David, the fact that the Bears need Kevin Warren more than Kevin Warren needs the Bears. And, and some people even I, – I, I found this interesting until I had to think it through – that it's almost like a step down. Like the Bears' job could be a step down from being the commissioner – of the Big Ten, um, but did you? I didn't. I don't remember seeing the four-letter network with a shot at Kevin Warren sitting at either one of these games. I mean, what was he at either one of these games? Did he avoid going to the games because of can't that question? Can't do that. You'd have to go to the game. But which one does he go to? Can't be in both places at once. They weren't in the same city. Hmm. That's a good question. question. I'm just saying, I mean, they they didn't, I mean, if I was working on that game, like in the role that I have on this show, like I'd be be searching for Kevin Warren in the building if I knew he was there. You'd be searching for that because because of that topic. But I think what you just said is a very interesting point. You know, if you are Kevin Warren, take a, just take a second and think about what it means to be the commissioner of the Big Ten. The amount of time you have to put in the amount of schools that you have to work and you have to be a partner with, the amount of places you should be and are for the different championships at the different schools, the different athletes, all of this stuff. Kevin Warren was in the NFL and knows the NFL, and I would, uh, I would, I agree with the idea that he needs, uh, he, he doesn't need them like they need him. But you think about where he's at right now. What's next? He's got, he's got all sorts of television deals done. He's got all sorts of uh, of teams that are added. It, it is not going to get much better. And if you talk about quality of life, he can stay in one place. He can deal with one group. He can take tell them, I need the power to do this. And he can take what is sitting there as a cash cow and bring it up into the modern world and turn that franchise. The value of it could double or triple. And I'm not joking if you do that building right and he's done a building right already or been part of that process, I think that there's a lot of pluses for him in terms of the quality of his life, what he's dealing with, how much power he'd have versus running around the Big Ten, which now includes California, and trying to be omnipresent and be a part of all this stuff. And really, is the Big Ten going to – is he – going to grow even more and make even well, more money or or is there more of an opportunity to build something with the bears right now both are legacy jobs only he knows which one is most comfortable we would like to believe or think that maybe it is the nfl but you're right in pointing this out with the big 10 some some people believe that he's accomplished all that he can and he can get nowhere but down with the bears you can go no, nowhere but up Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We've got the great Tom Thayer. He will join us next. We're going to talk about the travesty that occurred yesterday. We'll talk about a lot of offensive line questions that came up. In my opinion, keeping the quarterback in the game and all of it. We'll uh, talk to Tom Thayer next. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio six seven to score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty five dollars per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.